Welcome to the Gals Guide Podcast. Join us on an adventure to get to know famous and infamous women from around the world. Each of our presenters has a pick. Is she ancient history? Is she breaking news? Is she safe for work? Well, that's up to each presenter. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. To Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, please be aware that this podcast contains the names and images of deceased persons. Welcome back. I'm Barb. I'm joined by Leah, Bonnie, and Katie sharing our Australian gal pick. Uh, Bonnie has already talked to us about Prime Minister Julia Gillard. Before we get started, before I jump in with my Australian gal, I wanted to get to know something random about our gal pals. So since it is Australian month, um, what is your favorite Australian celebrity? Dun, 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 dun. I know there's been lots of Googling going on. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. There's a myriad of options. Mm-hmm. There are a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of great options. Yeah. I think because once <laughs> they bust into, you know, the big Hollywood scene, most yeah. movies, they have, you know, American accents yes. or, I don't know. Like, I, I will say, Tom Hardy, I need to constantly check where he is from, because he has done every He's kind British, of accent. right? He's British. Okay. But he does such great accents of right? everywhere you that know. I'm like, where is he from again? They do. <laughs> um, just like scrolling through thinking actors, actresses, I yeah. absolutely love Kate Blanchett. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. amazing. Fiercely lovely. Yeah. Right. Um, also, Heath Ledger. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I still miss movies. him. I know, right? Mm-hmm. He was amazing. Mm-hmm. Ten things I hate about you. Oh. oh. Yes. Trey was not feeling well, so I put on something I thought he wouldn't want to watch. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. He ended up watching the whole thing because it's so it's good. It's a cute movie. It is good. It's the movie where you find out that the Joker and Robin were friends in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I always love that scene. I'm like, I know what Marvel movie or what uh, DC movie you two are going to be in later. (laughs) (laughs) And it's adorable. And I loved Brokeback Mountain. Yes. It was so good. I saw it in the drunken theater. It was the early days where they had alcohol. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so the crowd was drunk. You could tell (laughs) that they pre-gamed as well to see Brokeback Mountain because they were not, it's an Indiana crowd. They were not ready for a fully gay movie. And this isn't even a fully gay movie. This is just the first gay movie (laughs) that they're probably seeing. And I'm just waiting for it and waiting for it for any kind of like kiss or love scene. And you could feel it in the theater, the uncomfortableness. And I'm like, I, that, it was like a second movie. <laughs> it just was the really drama great. in the theater. But that's, yes, it was great. But that's a good, that's a sign of a good movie. Yes. If you can feel that discomfort, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's done well. And the tears. Yes. Because oh, yeah. it's a heartbreaking movie, too. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, like, you could also then feel them shift in the yeah. audience. And, like, I'm hearing the sniffles. And I'm mm. like, they got you. They got yes, you. Yes. Yes. That's <laughs> awesome. That almost makes me tear up now. It's a good one. <laughs> I, I did have Heath Ledger on my list, too. I think yeah. uh, he was one of those actors very early on. Oh, man. He had so much potential. And he, he was breaking out of the, the teenage roles. He was fi- He made interesting choices is probably the best yes, thing I can say yes, about Heath Ledger. Yep. And the choices that he made, even if they were big budget, he still had this his own take and his own nuance. edge on he it. He just had such a nuance yeah. for every character. He was uniquely himself in a Hollywood machine. Yep. And yep. that is nearly impossible to do. 
And I just really looked forward to everything that he was going to do. And it was just tragic dying way too young. Him and River Phoenix are kind of in that same, oh, there was so much potential there. And I would have liked to grow old with seeing them. It's very sad. Um, So I'll try to lighten it. I will take any Hemsworth any day, any (laughs) time. That's fair. I remember having this beautiful dream that I did not want to wake up from. I was on the Hemsworth compound. (laughs) Nice. And I'm like, this must be a version of heaven. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I will constantly quote uh, Thor, you know, make it a challenge for me. I mean, I do. I do. I do. um, I do love the the Chris Hemsworth specifically. Yes. Yes. (laughs) What about you, ladies? Bon Bon? I mean. Yeah. Hannah Gatsby. Hannah Gatsby is amazing. Yeah. I'm still riding the Hannah Gatsby train for a while. We went to see her in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> and then Tran, I rewatched all of her stand-ups recently. Sweet. Nanette and Douglas and... I can't remember what the one we actually saw was. What did they end up calling it? I can't remember what it was called. <laughs> the one we saw. feel-good comedy or something like that, maybe? Sure, yeah. The one with the bunnies. Mm. <laughs> the bunny in particular. No, there's two. Yeah. Yeah, there's two. <laughs> uh, but it's good. So good. There you go. So Hannah Gatsby. Hannah Gatsby. Okay. Very good. Very Perfect. good. Barb, what about you? Well, I have a tie to country music, so mm-hmm. Keith Urban. Yes. He what is a, delicious on a plate. Yes. He, he's just such a beautiful man and has yes, that just wonderful, wonderful voice. Mm-hmm. So... um I do. I do appreciate some Keith there, Urban. There you go. Um, I'm an 80s gal, so growing up in the 80s, I really liked Mel Gibson. He was and in the, everything. And the Mel Gibson movies were so fun. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he just turned out to be... He ruined it for everybody. He did. <laughs> ruining, ruining my 80s right? memories with just a bunch of bullshit. So Right. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, warning for those who are just tuning in. We just say whatever the fuck we want. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I thanks. Like it. Thanks, ladies. I did get. I almost got a little teary-eyed when we oh, were talking about. Well, you know, I mean, still uh, miss him. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Yeah. All right. So we'll jump into my Australian gal. Yes, please. Who do you have for us, darling? So I have Edith Cowan. Awesome. Uh, as she would come to be known. She was actually born Edith Dirksy Brown on oh my, August 2nd, Hold on, that's a cute name. Edith <laughs> Dirksy. Dirksy Brown. Oh my god. The name of my next cat. Okay, oh, there you go. Dirksy Brown. Yes! Don't you love that? So cute. So uh, she was born in 1861 okay. uh, in Glengarry Station. Ah. And it's a sheep station. I had never heard that term before oh. until I did this research. A sheep station simply means it's an area with land dedicated to sheep herding. Nice. Do they so, ride like t- the train? Are they like transported uh, to and from? I, no, I, I think there's some cattle dogs that run oh, around in this yes. area. And it's just this big, wide area oh, of land. I'm just picturing like a yes. sheep choo-choo yeah. train. Though. I okay. know, right? <laughs> a single file. All the little sheep get on the train. I think it's an Animal Crossing. I'm just picturing Animal Crossing yes. is what I'm picturing. Yes. And then they all get on and then I they go to the next I think you're there. Town. I think you're right there. Just to make sure that all those people have Australian accents and right. you're there. Exactly. And the the cattle dogs are also oh. right there. Just making sure everybody's got their yes. ticket. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. I love it. Love it. Um, this area was in, uh, she was in Western Australia. So okay. There are six states in Australia and like 10 territories. This yes. is actually one of the states and it's on the far west side of the country. So I think 
I think a lot of times when we say Australia here in the States, we mm-hmm. think of Sydney and right. the Sydney Opera House. Well, that's mm-hmm. on the far east side right. of the country. This is like 2,500 miles away right. <laughs> on the far west side. Um, and she lived about uh, 250 miles north of the state capital of Perth. So oh, a lot okay. of people have heard of Perth. Yes. That's probably for us here in the U.S. That's probably the closest area for, gotcha. for us. But uh, but yes, she was born to Kenneth Brown and Mary Eliza Dirksy Whittenham. Kenneth was a sheep farmer. No. So good thing that he lived <laughs> he in a sheep station. In yes. the right spot yes. then. Right place, right time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sweet. He was also the son of early settlers for that area. Nice. Uh, Mary Eliza was his first wife. She was a teacher and the daughter of one of the first pastors in the area. So the family was well-established, well-respected, very well-known. Um, unfortunately, Mary Eliza died in a subsequent childbirth in 1868 when Edith was only seven. Oh. It was very um, common at the time, too. Yes. Childbed, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth and Mary Eliza, Eliza had four surviving children. So it was Edith. She had one sister and two brothers. Um, After her mom died, um, Edith was separated from her siblings, and she was sent to boarding school in Perth. Hmm, Okay. Um, But she got an education. She did, and we'll get get, certainly get to that. While she was in Perth attending her boarding school, Dad kind of experienced a fall from grace. So while he was very well respected, after the death of his first wife, and after multiple failed businesses, mm-hmm. um, he became restless. He began drinking and gambling, mm-hmm. and it was noted for erratic behavior. Oh. Um, most of this was noted by his grandson, who would later become a writer. Oh, gotcha. Um, so uh, he ra- he finally relocated to Melbourne, and he married Marianne Tyndall. Uh, they had two additional children and ran a hotel together. However, he continued to struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he began showing some antisocial behavior. He was charged with assault on a local uh, shop owner. Oh. And uh, he was also charged with threatening to kill his wife. Oh, no. Uh, as you can he imagine. Went to a bad place. He yeah. was, mm-hmm. it was a very dark uh, yeah. spiral that he was on. So, yeah. and as you can imagine, the marriage began to fall apart. Right, right. Uh, it later became, the, the threats became real. It, and it led to Marianne's death by gunshot in 1876. Oh, no. Kenneth was tried, found guilty, and hanged for her death. Oh, Ooh. my goodness gracious. Edith was 16. Oh, that's so she, one hell of a start to life. She had lost her mother. Yeah. She had lost her stepmother. Mm-hmm. She lost her father. All in very, very traumatic ways. Yeah. Oh, goodness. So she was moved from the boarding school to live with her grandmother in Guilford, which was uh, a suburb of Perth. Um, And she kind of became withdrawn. Um, But she did continue her education, to your point. Um, But she took private lessons uh, from an established former headmaster and teacher named Canon Sweeting, who created for Edith a love of books, reading, education. And instilled the value of freedom of thought and freedom of expression. Good. Uh, so she kind of came out of this this dark cloud. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but that took some work, I'm sure. Uh, as you said, that yeah. was a very hard start to life. She was a for teenager. Her. She teenage. Was a teenager. Being a teenager is hard. Exactly. You know. Full stop. Add on to that. Mm. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't want that at my 16. No. No. I agree. <laughs> Oof. 
So although known uh, for wanting her solitude, Edith was called into social work, specifically to social reforms for women and children. She hoped to improve the station of women in society and ensure care for women and their children. So this was, I mean, think about what she saw happen to the women in her life. She doesn't want it to happen to anybody else. Yeah, exactly. I can see how she was led to that. Exactly. Um, in 1894, out of a reading circle, yes. a reading club, uh, book club, book club, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And with Edith's help, the Caracotta Club was founded. This club was based on advocacy for women and was heavily involved in the Australian suffrage movement, Ooh, uh, helping to gain nice. women the right to vote in Australia in 1899. Uh, Edith would become their first secretary, an eventual president, um, a trustee, and a lifelong member. In 1879, she married James Cowan. Uh, he was a former postmaster, and a, and a, at the time, he was a registrar and master of the Supreme Court. Oh. So this is kind of her foray a little bit into more of the political scene. Gotcha. Uh, interestingly, they had met um, at a primary school when they were both younger because oh. the boarding school that she went to uh, was administered by James's sisters. Oh, And that's wow. how they met. So that's together, cute. Yes, yes. Uh, Together, they had five children, four daughters, and one son. Uh, Her son would actually precede her in death at 42, but her daughters would all outlive her. Gotcha. After helping secure women the right to vote, she started to turn her focus uh, to women's health and welfare. Um, She demonstrated concern for anyone who was considered underprivileged. Mm -hmm. So disadvantaged youth, um, the prostitutes, the Mm -hmm. poor the uneducated and the elderly. So she wanted to raise, you know, raise their position Mm -hmm. uh, and ensure that they had the care that they need. Um, She believed education was vital to growth, change, and improvement. That certainly comes from her earlier education uh, with Canon Sweeting. Um, She helped establish the Women's Service Guild in 1909 and the National Council of Women in 1911. Through her work in the Service Guild, she was also involved in opening the King Edward Memorial Hospital for Women, which opened in 1916 and was the first dedicated public maternity hospital in Western Australia. I've heard of this hospital. I've Have actually you? seen documentaries about oh, it. Yeah. Neat. So this one, I'm like, wait a minute. No, I know this place. Yes. yes. Oh, awesome. Yes. Sauce. So directly to your point, Katie, yeah. you can yeah. directly see how mm-hmm. her early experiences with her mom dying in childbirth yeah. led her to think, you know, we need we gotta to do something. We got to do something. Yeah. So um, she would later become an Australian delegate to the International Conference of Women, and she would help found the Royal Western Australian Historical Society as well. Uh, to begin a more direct foray into politics, um, she she struggled with children who were being uh, tried as adults or held to the same standards oh, yeah. by the judicial system. Mm-hmm. So she founded the Children's Protection Society based on this thought that children should not be tried as adults. Um, the society helped establish a children's court, so oh, much like our juvenile mm-hmm. court here mm-hmm. in the States. Nice. Uh, Edith would serve as a judge there and as one of the first women justices of the peace. Ah. Uh, during World War One. Um, She led an effort to collect food and clothing for the soldiers at the front uh, and coordinated their care upon their return. Yeah. Again, anybody who wasn't getting attention, she tried to work to make sure that they got the attention that they need. Nice. Uh, This effort with World War I led her to becoming a chairperson for the Red Cross. 
um, and then she became an officer of the Order of the British Empire. Oh. Um, and that was bestowed on her by King George. Look at that. Ooh, so that's kind of fancy. Look yeah. at that. So does that mean that she's a, a, a lady then? That, I, did she get the honorary? I never I know when. Da, I did yeah. not see her referenced as, as that a dame title. or a lady Correct. or. Oh, yeah, it would Correct. be a dame. There we go. Mm-hmm. Certain, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, I never knew for the, you know, even though the British bestow upon, yes. is it different for British subjects or is it different for Australian subjects yes. of the yeah, titling and stuff like that? I do like not that. know. They just yes. referred to her as an officer of the Order of the British Empire. Oh, there you go. And the Order of the British Empire is. is the OBE? The OBE. Yes. Okay, there we so go. So I had seen that before. The and OBEs, I'm like, oh, yes. that's what that is. There so, we go. Okay. There you go. Sweet. It's a big honor. <laughs> it was. I, I think it was fancy. Nice. Um, so after women secured the right to vote in Australia in 1899, Western Australia, the state of Western Australia, granted women the right to stand for parliament. Nice. Edith at the- Hey, making the way for somebody we know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was a good tie-in. Uh, Edith, at the age of 59 would become the first woman to run and be elected to the Legislative Assembly, winning the seat in West Perth in Western Australia. Nice. Um, So her platform was based on domestic and social issues, Mm -hmm. which she has had all along said were not receiving enough attention Mm -hmm. in the government, and the voters agreed with her. Um, Once she was elected, she focused on uh, furthering women's right in Parliament because at first, I think it was kind of thought of, like, we'll let you come in, but you can't, like, mm-hmm. you know. We're you gonna... can sit in the stands and watch. Right, right. You can sit there, but you can't actually vote on anything. Right, right. Yeah. So she definitely mm. worked to make sure that they had good standing. Uh, she was also a champion for mother's rights. Um, at the time, when she when she was elected, um, father's rights superseded. Yeah. Um, and so she worked to get mother's equal footing with the fathers in issues surrounding their children. Nice. Uh, I think it came up because when a child died without a will, the father, Mm -hmm. you know, had everything. And Mm -hmm. she wanted to make sure that there was that equal footing. Yeah. So she worked on that. I wonder if it was around the same time as like Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Statton were fighting for women's rights because there was a onslaught of men who were, alcoholics and who were not providing for children that they were and so those children were stuck in the situation where they had to go to the father well what if the father was ill equipped to take care of the children was there any protection so i wonder if it was around the the same time ish and that's a good point because her father right was hanged when she was 16 right so um, there had to be somebody there to kind of oversee her. And it comes to the best person to right. take care of the kids. Right. Yeah. Regardless of. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. For her, it became her grandmother since she lost so many. Um, Edith also was the first to promote or one of the first to promote sex education in school via parliament. Thank so, you. Yes. Yes. So she yes. was she was champion all the good causes. Yay. Um, after a long career of service to those in her community, um, Edith died in 1932 at the age of 70 from pancreatic cancer. 70? Yes. Yes. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she didn't start a political, well, the parliamentary career until she was 59. Right. So she had some 11 years in. They said that she probably suffered for about two years. Uh, Her health had, had really gone downhill. It was a rapid. Yes. Yes. Uh, after her death, she received significant recognition for her contributions to health and welfare of women and children in Australia. Uh, the first civic monument to an Australian woman, uh, the Edith Cowan 
memorial clock was unveiled at oh. King's Park in Perth two years after her death. They said it was unveiled, even in the face of serious opposition stemming from gender bias that continued at that time. Oh That's goodness. a nice little dig, though. At the same time, be like, I'm still unveiling this damn monument. <laughs> and then in Suck addition, uh, she's mentioned in a, in a memorial uh, for women's suffrage at the park as well. Oh. And this park is the most popular vis- visitor's destination in Western Australia, visited by over 5 million people a year. Mm. So it wasn't some fly-by-night park right, right. tucked away in the back. Mm-hmm. It was It's pretty prominent. So, nice. so yeah, little little chaos there, <laughs> but they got it done. I dig it. Uh, in 1974, the Federal Division of Cowan, which is an electoral division in Perth, was established in her honor. So oh. they actually named an electoral division after her. Cute. In 1975, she appeared on a postage stamp. Oh, look at that Uh, stamp. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) In 1991, the Western College of Advanced Education was renamed the Edith Cowan, uh, or Edith Cowan University. So it was renamed for her. A reconstructed rendition of her adult home, not her childhood home, but her adult home, uh, was created on the campus. And it currently houses the Peter Cowan Writer Center. Oh, Peter was the her, grandson. Oh, yep. that's cute. Uh, he was particularly active in later years recording his family's history, mm-hmm. you know, because they were settlers and pioneers, yeah. you know, in that area. He also wrote a biography of his grandmother entitled A Unique Position, and that was published in 1978. Cute. So, uh, and the, the other thing that I found for her, her likeness appears on the back of an Australian $50 note. Yes. And it can, and it can it's still in circulation today. I was so. going to ask, isn't she one of that's on she the is. money? Yeah, she's on the money. <laughs> yes. She is on the money. So Sweet. lots of nice tributes to her yeah. uh, for many years of service to the underprivileged or women and children and those who, who mm-hmm. just needed a little extra help. She always tended to them. Again, like yeah. we talked, based on her early experiences, her traumatic childhood. Mm-hmm. She um, kind of re-took that and yes. said, not for anybody else. Yes. <laughs> yes. Enough is enough, as I think yeah. kind of what it is. So, yeah. So. Dig it. That was Edith. Look at that. And Bonnie has a new name for one of her animals. For her, mm-hmm. one of her future animals. Dirksy Brown. Dirksy Brown. <laughs> Dirksy Brown. <laughs> I like it. too cute. I like it. I dig it. Any questions? That was fantastic. Mm. I know, right? I, I, loved, I really loved reading about her and yeah. all of her experiences. She's one of those ladies, though, that makes me feel exhausted. <laughs> I'm like, how do you fit all that into one life? It, well, it does seem like, you know, this led to this, led to this, you know, like, Still, oh, there's somebody dang. new to help. Yeah. So 59, yeah. to start your career in mm-hmm. Parliament, like, that was the part that was probably the most exhausting to me. I'm like, I am totally right. not up for this. <laughs> That's At the, this point in my life. retirement, right. you know, like, wait, right. no, no, no. It's Going into stuff. the yeah. sunset, not riding into the fire, which is, I think, what she was doing. Right? So. <laughs> Too cute. All well, right. Do you want to wrap it up I for us? I can wrap it up. Well, that wraps it up for us this week. Join us next week when another Australian is picked to share as Gal's Guide podcast continues. Thanks for listening. Want to learn about more women of history? Gal's Guide opened a unique women's history lending library. Come visit and explore our collection. Learn more at galsguide.org. Thanks for listening.